0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode eighty-four of the Post 20 Podcast. I just realized I didn't do a countdown, but we're just going for it today. Uh my name's Evan. I'm joined as always by my co-host Matt. What's going on this week, brother?
1: What's going on everybody? Um yeah, pretty hectic week at the office work wise. Um people are down uh since it's summer and it's pretty hectic, especially after last weekend with the fourth. Hope everybody had a good holiday. Um mine was fucking hell. Yeah, but insane. um, yeah, but um, that's what you get for living in a tropical kind of paradise area, um, and uh, I mean, the Euros are still going on. Euros have been crazy. The quarters and the semis wrapped up since our last episode, um, and each game had a lot of things going on in them. And it was awesome to watch. We got Italy and England coming out on top, though. They're end up in the final now uh, for a juicy matchup and. If you guys are wondering why there isn't an episode on YouTube this week, um, we're having camera issues and and just uh, a little technical difficulty. So that's why this week's episode won't be on YouTube. So it'll be exclusively on our streaming platforms for audio, whether it's Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Uh, Make sure you guys follow that. And also, if you want, go ahead over to our YouTube and hit that red subscribe button and the notification bell. So you guys are notified the next time we do upload. Uh, an episode on there, which should be next week. So, uh, yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Matt and I are going to talk about the semis um, and also uh, cover some of the transfer uh, movings. I I don't know. Transfers actually is is the term for it Um, to Prem teams and from Prem teams. There's a couple other ones uh, and things we might talk about as well. Um, But for the most part, Um, It's going to be transfers and the semi, So we'll get right into those. Italy took on Spain on Tuesday, July 6th. Italy, uh, the Azuri, uh, emerged victorious in penalties, scoring four, uh, whereas uh, Spain only scored two. Now, this was a bit of a slugfest. I was surprised um, to see Spain play the way they did. Not surprised.
1: Credit to Spain there? No,
0: they still don't get any credit. I mean, I just... I don't like them. I uh, I have a tough time rooting for them. I think they play a very—it's so snore, dude. Like it's such a boring style. And That's the
1: way they played the last two decades.
0: I know, and it's bo- it's fucking boring. But but back then, like there was guys that you could count on. I think to score, and I'll, I'll give credit to to some individuals. I think Morata kind of pulled it out of his ass here. Like, this was impressive to to see him get it done. Um, in these last two games when he really needed to, um, but, but overall, I just, I don't know. I I feel like a lot of teams like lie down for Spain. Um, I'm so shocked to see them get to the semis, I guess, good on them. It's not like I have anything against the country or anything like that, but I just, I don't know. They have no, they have nothing that draws me in to want to watch them, um, Pedri I guess was probably the highlight for me. I think he he played very well despite um gaining some criticism criticism from the media and, and pundits as well. He's very young and I think he played a, a pretty solid tournament. Other than that, um this game I think Italy played down to to the level um that Spain were were kind of doing and the this little unit football that they were playing before they play these tiny little small-sided games um all over the pitch i, I think that's one of the best ways to describe it um it's 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 so miraculous um uh, the way that italy has has knocked the ball around the entire tournament and they didn't do that as well uh in this match i think they were disrupted by spain i think they were kind of I don't want to say upset, but the chemistry was certain up, uh, certainly upset uh, when you when you compare it to other games just by the sheer amount of possession that Spain hold. They weren't letting Italy have the chance to play these tiny little small-sided games in different sectors of the pitch. And because of that, Italy suffered not only in possession, but on the attacking end. Defensively, I think you have to give a ton of credit to Benucci and Cellini. I mean, they have been unreal all tournament and to me, they, they like I said, they're at the beginning. They're the backbone, and those are the guys that made sure that everything got done when it needed to get done. Um, so, so while you know, you need to give Spain credit, you really have to give Italy credit for making you know a final here where I don't think anybody really thought they'd be in the final.
1: It's at the beginning of the tournament when we made our predictions. We were thinking they'd be around a sixteen quarterfinals yeah. team, and. They've shown two different sizes of games. They can, how the group stage went, they can be a powerhouse going forward and dominating the ball. And on the flip side in this game, particularly against Spain, they go back to their roots of being defensive powerhouses and locked down in the back and really took their chances going forward. And they could have had at least three in in, in regulation. Uh, Chi, uh, Chise, I, I think I pronounced that wrong, but he had an absolute great game here. He had, he scored the opening goal for Italy, giving them the lead. And um, Immobile, kind of the last couple games, hasn't really been his true self. Uh, the wingers have been kind of taking the spotlight from him, him. Yep. Uh, those being in and Insigne. Um, and Jorginho's yeah, chased. Uh, okay. And then uh, some standouts, some young guys like Barella in there. Verratti's putting in a shift, and Jorginho's really um, showing the world what he's truly capable he's been of. Great. He's kind of- yeah, he's playing great. So maybe maybe he's getting on my better side, but we'll see how the opening few weeks are in the prem because <laughs> the fir- the first four weeks are going to be hell for us. Because I know preseason we play Arsenal and Tottenham, and then um, we're going to have the Community Shield. No, no we're going to have the Super Cup matchup, and then we'll- we're going to open up against like City and Liverpool early. It's going to be crazy, but. Um, one matchup that really decided for me was Emerson going up against Aspe, two Chelsea teammates. I think Emerson really showed um what he's capable of on that left flank going forward. He made some bombing runs that caught Spain off guard because they were overcommitting and it really opened up things for them. So yeah, Italy fully deserves getting there and I think Spain got lucky the last 3 rounds. Um they anything could either they could have lost against Switzerland and Penns. Um, it could have been just like how it went with Italy, like at one mess up and it just changed, turns the tables. And then also the Croatia game, um, Croatia ties it up in the 92nd minute and then they lock out an extra time. So um, they, got, they, they had their luck run out for them here. So uh, the better team won here.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I'm, I've been a little hard on Spain. I, I know I've been hard on them. Probably for most people would say for no reason. Um, but I, I did enjoy, I I wanted to talk about this briefly. I I had this conversation with somebody the other day. Um, let's take, for example, the 2008 team that won the Euro. Um, that team was full of players who I think are arguably some of the best of their generation, right? You have Ramos, you have PK, who are two of my favorite defensors. The defensive players ever you have david silva in his prime you had torres on that team like these are these are players who i think are all timers and this spain side when i watch them there is i literally see nothing nothing besides Jordi alba and azpilqueta who i thought uh, who i think is a fantastic defender and has been for a long time now there's nothing that I see that's, that I'm like, damn, we're watching something really special. And yeah. and I, I just feel like I was cheated. Like, I've been cheated because those Spain teams used to be so good. And I know I say now that it's boring, but back then it was that same boring, you know, passing around. And there's a beauty in that. Sure, of course there is. Uh, you know, tactically, I think... I think that sort of football is is really, really impressive and certainly something that should be praised. But there was a lot of times nothing on the end. And it wasn't until last game, you know, where they had that explosion of goals, last last game of the game before, um, that you even saw them exhibit any sort of competency in front of the net. And that pisses me off because when you knock the ball around so well and are so impotent in front of the the mouth of the goal. And trust me, I'm familiar with this. I have been watching Arsenal for the last decade. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating to watch. And and that's why that's why I've been so hard on them. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't take away the fact that they got to the semi. Um, I was certainly wrong with my predictions. I, I was way off. Um, and I was way off about Italy too. I, I'm, I guess I'm happier to see uh, Italy here. Uh, I'm torn. I, I think I'm rooting for England in the final. Uh, just yeah. so... So I can finally come home, and they can f- shut the fuck up about it. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, um, we'll, we'll move on to that England game now. If if that's all you have to say.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I think the one thing we did predict correctly was England making it to the final. So we yeah. we got the other way there. We thought it'd be France, but uh, just as difficult an opponent in Italy.
0: Yeah. So England two, Denmark one. I want to give Denmark the team of the tournament award for me. I think for them to have achieved what they achieved um, without Christian Eriksson, who is, I mean, the heart and soul of that team, certainly the most talented player um, going into the tournament, I would say, to achieve what they have achieved. Uh, to make it to the semifinal and, and really play their hearts out against an England side who are full of players of much higher quality, in my opinion. Um, that should, They should certainly be lauded for that. And, you know, they, they get my praise, and they've been getting praise from, from all the pundits and all the analysts. So that's, uh, that's certainly really something nice to see. Um, in this game, ultimately, they were just not... They weren't able to match England's quality. England are solid in every single position on the pitch besides you know maybe where Declan Rice plays I thought he was mid again um but but going forward they are just blistering they had Sokka in there Sterling's been unreal this tournament Mount is also unreal although some people have more to say about the way he's he's played this tournament I just think he's taken a reduced role that's all um, and you have guys that are coming off the bench that are better than some of the guys that are starting on this Denmark team. So this was an awesome game to watch the free kick. Uh, that was one of the most unreal free kicks I've seen in the last five years. It was an absolute banger from Mikkel Damsgaard. Um, that, that was the one that opened it up and, and England were losing, uh, headed into that, that second half of the first half. Uh, you know Kier had that had the own goal which really there was no way anyone was saving that Saka played a ball in and it was either going to get knocked in by by Kier, or it was going to get knocked in by Sterling so I guess it's better off that it be an own goal than let Sterling get another one um, right. and then and then it was it was really a, a a war of attrition until the very end when when Kane put his uh rebounded penalty into the net um and, and there's something I want to talk about here did you see the laser pointer thing
1: I saw that the English FA was fined for the laser pointer thing on uh, Schmeichel.
0: Yeah, so I think that's kind of fucked up. I don't think it's become a talking point. Like maybe a little bit too much of a talking point so far. Um, I don't think that's the reason that 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 goal went in. I don't even know what the point of finding the English FA is. Like, what the fuck is the point of that? Change anything? Right. It doesn't. It literally doesn't change anything. Like the game's not going to get replayed. You're not going to retake the pen. Um, I just don't understand what the point of finding them was, especially finding the FA. Like it was a fan. Why would you find the FA? But I guess that's besides the point. Um, we can't take away what England did is the bottom line. Um, that was an absolutely unbelievable performance. Not the best I've seen them play this tournament. Um, but but you know they got it done, and that's what matters. England teams in the past they suffer here, they fail. They struggle, they don't get it done, and this team did. So we have to give them a round of applause, and, and one for Denmark too, but I was happy to see England move on.
1: Yeah, Demsgard, uh goal was phenomenal, and he's really had a breakout tournament. He'll definitely have a lot more eyes on him in the coming weeks, potentially. Yeah. Uh, maybe he'll move, or maybe he'll, he'll consider getting a bigger contract offer if he's in time, or if his turn's up for his uh, his year or whatever. Um, But yeah, England, like you said, England have more quality and um, coming off the bench, you have guys like Grealish coming on, uh, being an absolute nuisance. Like for like for Sokka, Sokka really having a great tournament. He's breaking out there. Um, Should be very interesting to see what his role is for Arsenal this year. uh, If he's given more opportunities with an aging Lacazette and a bombing. So should be interesting there. Uh, Mount as well, getting back in the team after the COVID bullshit. He's getting more minutes in there. Hopefully, he stays healthy. And then uh, I thought Rice has been playing really well. I mean, his role in that team is is like how um, Ingolo is for Chelsea. Like he he is the main central defender. And Calvin Phillips, Calvin Phillips, unlike for Leeds, gets a lot more freedoms to go forward and be attack minded. Uh, He's getting a lot of chances in front of the goal. So you're seeing a lot of good players get opportunities. And um, Kyle Walker, when I watched him. Absolute unit at right back. Yeah, there. he is. Anytime somebody tried to steal the ball from him, he was just lay he was just laying into him. It was like watching a, a football player out there. Yeah. Um, an American football player I should say. Um, so yeah, I mean I could I could talk about each individual player for a while now until my face is blue. But um moving on, I mean the way England got there, they that this was the first goal they can see it in the whole tournament, yeah, which is a feat of its own. And um I mean, they they got the job done against Ukraine and uh, Germany previously. Like you could say they had one of the easiest roads, maybe just the Germany game, but you still have to win these games that are in front of you, and they did. And uh, I thought Denmark, like you said, was the team of the tournament uh, with the with the Ericsson story and everything else behind it. It was it was awesome to watch and see. But um, I don't even know if that was actually a penalty with the Sterling flop. He is the king of flops um in the Premier League so it was a brush of the sock and I didn't really think it was a penalty but they gave it and the whole laser pointer thing happened and if if it, if Schmeichel made a big deal about it it should have been taken into consideration at the moment I think that's where VAR comes in if you're VARing that penalty for a crucial moment I think you should check for laser pointers I don't know there's if you if you it's it's a it's a tough line to walk on there because if you var everything the game's extended so long and it's not really about the game anymore and if you don't var anything um it would i think the game would be better but it's tough now that it's that it's introduced into the sport so uh, i don't know i don't know what its role is going to be in the future i don't know if you're going to have better people operating the system not just the referees maybe the referees should referee and you'll have an actual var team that are experts on the lines and that are that are drawn so I don't know it's so new that there's a lot of things we can work on but at the end of the day um England's in the final and we'll see if the, the if a, a, they will win a major tr- trophy and and bring it home.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see if it is indeed coming home. I I still don't know how I feel but I think that that it certainly could be coming home. All right, uh, with that being said, we will move on to transfers. We're going to talk about some of the transfers that have been going on um, in and out of the Premier League. Uh, that includes some loan moves that I think will be of significance. Um, all right, I, I guess we'll kind of go team by team and talk about the notable ones. I'll let you uh, lead this portion of the show.
1: Well, starting right off the top, close to your heart, Arsenal. Yeah. Haven't made any big signings yet. They did sell Guenduzzi. Um I think he will definitely left, or maybe it was a loan loan transfer fee. He's going to Marseille. Uh, da- David uh, Louise is gone. He's going. He's probably going to go play in Brazil now, unless maybe Turkey wants to pay for him, Yep. Uh, like Balotelli did just now. He went to Turkey. Um, what's that? Ceballos' loan is done, and Odegaard's loan is done. Yep. So you guys are starting clean slate. You got all that money. Where would you like to see your investment go this season? If you had to pick, maybe two, two to three spots that you would want to
0: invest in. Um. So i I really last season I would have told you that I think we needed a, another option um, in the like center attacking mid, maybe holding mid role. Um. With the addition of Partey last year, and then the emergence of uh Emil Smith Rowe who if he can maintain the form that he had at the end of the season I think will be very very good this season he's you know he's not at the caliber of Mount or anything like that but I think he's good enough he's good enough to start in that Arsenal team um so I really struggle I, I think again um that it has to be up top uh, I I used to say this and then we got Aubameyang and then he was good for a season and now he's fucking shit so uh, I think maybe we're not going to get rid of him. Of course, he just signed a new contract. So, yeah, I think we need somebody young. I think we need to find somebody similar to maybe like Mbolo, somebody like that who who's young, quick, strong. Uh, we need a guy like that. And, and then defensively, of course, like uh, give me another center back because I'm tired of watching Rob Holding. Um, he He's all right. And, and the Arsenal center backs were okay last year. Um, but just having Gabriel back there with with tyranny, I think those are really the only two guys you can depend on. Uh, I think getting a new center back and and getting a new striker um, is kind of the the only thing that that I would like to see. The center backs that are on the market are too expensive, so I just I don't really see that happening. Uh, and yep. and Leno, honestly, like kind of kind of dog. Uh, I'm yeah, kind of going to
1: mention that the whole Ramsdale D- saga
0: for him to like move on, and and it sucks. Yeah, like. I think even having Matt Ryan and goal, like I'd be willing to give him a fucking shot because Leno is like, Leno has a lot of howlers and he's just, he's not that good. Like What's Solmeier doing? Like, can we get him? He's going to be worth like 80 mil yeah, after yeah, that I fucking your, tournament.
1: I saw your tweet the other day about uh letting Manuel Martinez go is one of the worst mistakes Arsenal's made. It was. And in, in the recent times, but I, the rumors going around right now is Aaron Ramsdale from Sheffield because they got relegated, and he's a top young English goalkeeper that yeah. a lot of teams want to come back to the Prem. He definitely will go back to the Prem, but for sure. I think Sheffield are playing the waiting game, and they know they can get a lot of money for him, and it's going to be like that where they'll get an extra couple mil uh, for a desperate team coming in. Yeah, and I, I think Matt Ryan left because he was only on loan for six months there. So I don't know I don't know. But Leno Leno on paper is a good is a good goalie, but like you said, he has a lot of mistakes in him. So yeah. Um they haven't they have all their money still. And there is time. We got four to five weeks until the season starts. So plenty of times. I mean the transfer window literally opened a week ago from today. So uh it's gonna be very hot the next couple weeks. Yes sir. Um moving on to a team that already made a marquee signing we have Aston Villa Making their, their probably their biggest signing this season. I don't know if they'll top it, but uh, Emmanuel Buendia they got him from Norwich, one of the newly promoted teams under Daniel Fark. He's a right winger, Argentinian, signed up for $42 million. Um, I think he had 12 goals and like 19 assists last season in the championship, had an absolute banger of a year.
0: Yep.
1: Um, he is definitely going to be uh, helping out Jack Grealish, not be double teamed every single game. Uh, because he's a similar quality player to where he's very—he's a big finesse guy, uh, cheeky skills on the on the ball, uh, and can have uh, some quick pace in him. So uh, they kind of have a three-headed monster going forward now with Watkins himself and uh, Grealish. So, and they do have a, a solid supporting cast with um, El Ghazi and uh, Bertrand Traoré to back them up too. So their team's kind of filling out, and they can really push to get top 10 again this season or potentially if they really if they could really put some games together maybe make that uh whatchamacallit i'm forgetting the new tournament that tottenham's in the Co- confederates uh, the confederate Cup yeah whatever the yeah floor. whatever and it also says ashley young signed for villa so he's back in the prem
0: bro how wow. he's like 90 yeah it so says he's he's 35, 35. <laughs>
1: Inner, they they sold him. He got it. came from Inner on a free. Inner Milan's having problems. They're having to make up some financial issues right now, I think. That's why they sold uh, Hakimi. He went to PSG for, I think, 75 mil. So uh, uh, they're definitely not going to sell Lukaku. Definitely not. But um, we'll see. But um, they don't really have any big names leaving. I saw, I told, I was trolling Zach a little bit. Tom Heaton left. He's at Man United now because. uh, they let go of Romero and um the other goalkeeper they had, uh Joel Pereira. So yeah. we'll get to them later. But um Aston Villa, what do we think in next season? This little prediction.
0: Mid table. Yeah. Do you
1: yeah. think do you th- do you think they could definitely make
0: one or two more signings somewhere? I think they could. I mean they better get this last year out of Grealish before he moves on. Um I think like their window for like European qualification is kind of just next season. Uh, the Buendia thing, I mean, if you have Buendia and grillish up top, like if if Buendia um maintains some of that form that he had last season, like that could be very scary. Um yeah. so so I think certainly mid table. Um that's that's where I'm at now. We'll see if they get some more like we said, the the window just opened. They could certainly make some more moves. Um but but yeah, I, I think um I think Villa are, are headed for a decent season.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, One of the newly promoted teams, Brentford. Um, We don't, uh, if we're honest with you guys, we don't really know much about the team overall. Um, The big players they had last season were sold, um, them being Ollie Watkins at Villa now, and um, what's his name at West Ham? I forget his name. Uh, Ben Rama, I think that was his name. Yeah, Said Ben Rama. Uh, They haven't made any big signings yet. They're they're just getting some loan players back and selling a couple people on free that aren't making the cut. So uh they're they're definitely getting all that um at the TV money boost now that they're in the Prem get a hundred mil easy. Uh-huh. Um we'll see what they do with it though. They're definitely gonna get a striker. I feel like that's one necessity that all promoted teams need. They need a, a quality striker that's proven in the Premier League. So that's definitely somewhere I think they're gonna invest. But um moving on we have Brighton one of the more active teams. Um they made a big signing in Enoch, M. Weepy and Wipu, I don't know. All these they sign all these African guys as a Zambian, he, the couple guys coming from Zambia. He is a 23-year-old central midfielder. They got him 25 mil from RB Salzburg. Yep. Uh formerly managed by Jesse Marsh, who got the promotion to Leipzig now. So congrats to him. He's he's definitely somebody I'd want to coach the men's national team yeah. in the future for the US. Um so I'm, and what do you think about this? The Mwipu signing, central mid, also coinciding with all the rumors about Basumo leaving to one of the big six teams. Do you think this signing confirms that he's leaving?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty fair. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, that's what most people are saying. I I tend to agree. Um, you don't just as as a team like Brighton, um, you rel- you keep a relatively small payroll. So I think uh splashing all that all that money for Mweipu, um that that pretty much confirms uh that I'll be leaving you. Yeah,
1: where where do you think he would fit most? Oh, I, a... I I I definitely think he's staying in the prem.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um
1: you have Liverpool, you have um you have Chelsea, you'll have I'm sure Arsenal get in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he would probably fit at Arsenal. I don't know if if they'll be willing to pay. Um, I think Liverpool, I think Liverpool would good, be the biggest. Liverpool is they, probably a good, a good good guess.
1: They have to fill the Wynaldum hole.
0: Yeah, and that's a pretty big hole. He he plays pretty hard and he covers a lot of ground. So I think that's yeah. Liverpool is probably a good shout actually. Um, other than that, they haven't really done much business.
1: Like we said, it's early, so there's going to be it's going to be shorter recap here. Uh, moving on, Burnley. Only signing only big signing they made is fifty million dollars for a Irish center back from Stoke City, Nathan yeah. Collins, uh getting into the Premier League now. And uh not much going on there. Uh Burnley investing into center backs here. They got another center back, 21-year-old free transfer from Scunthorpe. Do you really think they need more
0: defenders? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That is just not what they need. They need fucking wingers and guys that can run. What are they doing, signing more defenders?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see what they do in the future. But uh, moving on, Chelsea uh, have not signed anybody yet. There's all the rumors about Holland. Um, yeah, I don't think I've said that before on the show. I don't think that's where we need to invest. But I agree. I'll take him if we get him. We're, we're definitely going to need a striker because uh, Drew in the coming days is going to be moving to AC Milan. And we have the Tammy Abraham rumors about him going to Villa or West Ham. I think West Ham would suit him more. Um, partnering up with Antonio because we know he's injury prone. Yep. And that can add a different element to their game. Uh, I think that would suit him best. But uh, Billy Gilmore getting loaned out to Norwich now for the season. I think that's a good move for him. He'll definitely start every single game for them uh, and play in that role. I know they had... um. I think they had Harry Skip, or I don't think that's his first name, but he was loaned out from Tottenham last season. Uh, he kind of played similar to how Billy Gilmore did for them last year in the championship and dominated. Um, I think this is going to be a big year for him. I think if Billy Gilmore can keep Norwich up, uh, that'd be great from him because Norwich, I think, are the most relegated team in history in the Prem. I think they've been relegated five or six times. I think them and West, hit, West Brom are even. But um, a lot of guys... Are getting uh, are getting uh, finally getting sold now that have been loaned out for eight years. We got Moses going to Russia, uh, Van Ginkel leaving on a free, uh, Izzy Brown leaving. Um, I think they really need to just clean house and just clear the books, especially if they're looking at Holland.
0: Yeah, if you're lo- I was gonna say that if you're looking at Holland and you want an actual fucking chance, um, then that is what you need to do. You have to absolutely wipe your payroll. Um, because you're not going to be able to keep all these guys on the payroll. I I know some of the numbers are really small. You're not paying them a ton of money, but like guys like uh fucking Victor Moses and Abdul Rahman Baba, like guys that have been there for years and years, who you totally even forget are is on Chelsea's payroll. Like those guys are collecting a check for no reason. You got to fucking get rid of them.
1: Yeah, um, Italy's kind of poaching our teams right now. We have uh Bakayoko probably going to leave. Like yeah. I said, Drew. Um we're gonna have wing backs looking to leave with Zebacosta, Alonzo and Emerson. So there's gonna be a lot of activity going on out of the club, which I'm glad to see. Uh but also Tuchel's definitely gonna need to pull two or three guys to uh fill out the squad. So it should be I'm really interested to see what they go with. Um definitely we need another striker, but I want Timo slash Kai to get those minutes up top. They definitely need another year. Uh, with less media attention on him to really shine. So, oh, and one more thing: sad to see Willie Caballero left the club at the age of 39. They let his contract run out. So I'm really sad to see Willie go, uh, but he is a European champion. Always in my heart. Yeah. Uh, what we got we got Palace next. Crystal Palace. Uh, I think just today they signed Michael Olyssi from Reading. Yeah. Nineteen-year-old attacking mid. Um. I when I went to England when I was like fifteen or sixteen, and we the the guy that organized the whole thing for us was affiliated with Reading, so we kind of got a tour of the Medeski Stadium and the whole situation. So I've always had a a close spot for uh, Reading in my heart. So I'm glad to see players getting out of there. Um, they also got a guy from Georgetown. Yeah, uh, Jacob Montez. He just I think he just graduated. He played in the portland academy for a while then went to college and now is in the big leagues he gets a, i saw his contracts uh a one-year deal so we'll see if he gets any minutes yeah. i don't know but if you look at the out they have about a full 11 yeah, that their contracts out. just ran out so uh, zach was saying i don't think they're gonna let all those guys leave yeah they're definitely gonna up some of them like van anholtz on here Saka or Sako. Uh, Klein like there's guys that definitely will get picked up by somebody else if they don't re-sign them
0: wow my man's Wayne Hennessy on the way out well yeah
1: Chelsea's rumored to get him potentially as our third string just to cover up some holes because Kepa might be leaving so good. Uh, I mean Palace Patrick Vieira I don't think we mentioned that before he is the manager now yes um where do you think his investments are? Because we we have said that Palace is an old team, especially in the back. Um, so do we think do we need, think
0: they need an injection of pace? Um, I don't know. Uh, actually, if they're actually gonna let all these guys go, like if they're gonna let Van Anhalt and Sako walk, um, which I mean it's a possibility. I know we don't want to think that because it seems like mega foolish. Um, if they're gonna let guys like that walk, I think you can probably inject pace back there. Let's see if they can play a little wingback style. Um, right. launching like a full out attack with uh, Eze. Well,
1: we gotta remember Eze's out until December because he has oh, an yeah, Achilles injury. The, fucking,
0: the leg thing. He's got uh,
1: Achilles, so he'll be out until December.
0: All right. Well, still, let's let's for for. Arguments, let's say Eze comes back a little earlier than than yeah. expected, and he's kind of healthy. You have Eze, you have Zaha. If you get a couple guys like um, fucking, a guy like Tyreek Lamptey, right? If you yep. had somebody like Lamptey uh, on the left and the right, maybe somebody a little slower, um, I think you could launch a really, really solid attack um, with Zaha at the head. So I think maybe an injection of pace could be good. Uh, some of these guys are a little old, like Nathaniel Klein was getting some minutes for them last year. Van Anholt's not super quick. Um, so that that could be an interesting um that could be an interesting experiment. But they they definitely need to get some younger players in because Palace is just an old side. Look at the ages of some of these guys that are that are headed out. Thirty three, thirty four, thirty five, yeah. thirty four. Like they you know, they are up there for sure.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's gonna to be tough at the beginning <laughs> for Palace because Patrick Vieira is not a very accomplished manager because uh he started out at NYC. That kind of didn't work out. It was short-term, and then he made his move. I think he went to some team in France or something, and that didn't work out either. So yeah. uh, he, he's kind of been given this job based out of reputation uh, for his name, name status. That's kind of how we're seeing in the modern day. With managers go, players retire that were great uh, players in that, and they're given a chance as managers, and it doesn't work out. So we'll see what Vieira does here. This is definitely the biggest stage for him back in the premier league after decades uh now on the sidelines managing so it'll be interesting to see what he can do and get out of guys like zaha uh and eze going forward so i'm really interested to see what they do there but uh moving on to everton now who do get some pace in their team they get moise akim back from psg who was absolutely popping off this year hitting the whoa every time he scored um do you think they go a partnership with him and, and DCL and they oh, get Rich Charleston on the wing?
0: I fucking hope so. I think that could be unbelievable. If Keen Keane had, had confidence issues when he was at Everton the first time, right? He he wasn't he yeah. wasn't great. But
1: he's only twenty one.
0: But he's young. He's twenty one years old. He just had an absolutely unreal season at PSG, way overperformed, played way over what anybody else expected. I think that he comes right back into this Everton team. I think he slots in. Um if he can if he can not only maintain but let's say he needs to forge a relationship with those players again. Um if he can do that, I think that he will be extremely successful. Um and I think that you know, some of these other moves are not so great, but that is a huge one for Everton.
1: Yep, early days, uh Robin Olsen, guy who split time with Pickford last season, goes back to Roma now. Uh, finished loan Uh, they officially get rid of walcott Uh, they let belousey go on a free so the old guards leaving they're bringing in the new guard so it should be interesting to see what business rafa benitez does i think we mentioned that before he's the manager now yes Um, and it's going to be interesting especially the merseyside derby because uh, for a long time he was liverpool's manager he was the one in 05 who won the champions league with them so it'll be very sentimental for him going back to Anfield there this season. But um moving on to one of the newer teams in the league that we're really excited about. They've been very active in the transfer market. I think they've signed four players now. Uh, the fourth one today an 18-year-old. But Leeds United um letting go of a lot of players that just didn't make the cut. Pablo Hernandez very old didn't get minutes. Uh, they let Alyoski go who was a phenomenal player uh a left back for them. Uh did all right in the Euros with North Macedonia. But um they fill in fill in his spot for, with uh, Furpo from Barcelona. They permanently signed Jack Harrison now um, from Man City. Um, and then uh, they got a few young players to bulk up the squad depth. So uh, I think we've said this the la- at the end of the like season review and the last few weeks of the season. We kept mentioning uh, we'll see what Leeds does in the transfer market. Uh, we'll see if they actually invest in the team. And they kind of are. Um, what, what what are we thinking? Do you think they're going to keep bulking up on the team or do you think they're just going to let it go?
0: I think they're kind of trying, they're, they're going to try and bulk it up a little bit. Um, but I don't think that you can fuck with it too much because last season was, was pretty solid, you know? Um, so, so I'm not really sure, uh, the Jack keeping Jack Harrison, making sure that he's, he's there, um, is, is a really big thing. He was, he was pretty solid for them last season. So, um, other than that, uh, losing losing is actually kind of fucked yeah like, that's a serious problem um now it says without clubs, so that may, they may be able to to get him back
1: um uh, they they let him go the they club did? came out and said yeah they just let his contract run out and everything that's wow. why they're going with they went with furpo there
0: yeah i guess that makes sense I, I don't know i think Alyoski was good honestly um yeah he did well for him fur furpo's kind of unproven still but I don't know. Yeah, he
1: has. He's he hasn't really had a breakout season for Barcelona. Obviously, behind Jordi Alba there. Yeah. Um. So it's very tough. But he
0: could be good. He, I mean, he could be great. We have no idea, really.
1: Yeah, we have no idea, and I think uh, a ma- definitely a manager uh, like Bielsa is um somebody that can get something out of him. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. But um, like you said, I think the solid core of the team's going to stick together. I mean, they have Patrick Bamford coming off a of year with I think seventeen goals. Uh, in this first season back in the prem, which was awesome to see. Um, I, I think they're keeping Meslier and Goal, young Frenchman. So they have some solid pillars to build around. Um, and moving on to another team that um, can be pushing for Champions League football again, I'm sure. And who I think is winning the transfer, um, summer transfer window so far, is Leicester City. Making two huge signings, one being a defensive midfielder, which is kind of being Leicester's bread and butter. They just they just bring in a lot of great defensive midfielders in uh, Bubakari Samore. Uh, this is going to be fucked all season, trying to pronounce these names. Um, they get him 22 mil from Lille, solid defensive mid from the French League. Um, we know what they can get out of the French League from uh, N'Golo Conte and Mares. I'm sure he'll be solid too. And also a young striker also from Zambia, I think uh pats and also from rb leipzig they got him for 33 mil um this is a marquee signing at the striker position for them yeah. now they have they have him ianacho and jamie vardy and he, i think he's very tall too i think he's like let me see here. yeah
0: he's a big guy he's six something eight
1: eight point three eight one point eight three meters i'm sure that's like six five or something but yeah, that he, he adds a new element to that team kind of how in the past I think they had like uh, Islam Slimani, he was a tall guy from Algeria they had for a few seasons who didn't work out but um it kind of can be like a Benteke effect how he was at Villa and what Liverpool thought they were getting out of him, somebody big, somebody to cross into and win headers. Um do you think this adds a new element to their team and to what Rodgers can do changing the squad around for certain games?
0: Yeah, so I think I think Rodgers has a really good grip on who needs to play in what match. I think he's a very good manager. I don't think he gets all the love he deserves, to be honest with you. Um, and Daka actually he's, he's closer to six foot. Um, okay. But, but I think that's a huge, that's, that's a really, really good move. Um, he and, uh, Iannaccio could play a similar role. I do worry that Iannaccio will have a little bit of a bump in, in confidence, a bump down, um, with, with, you know, um, Feeling as if he may not be the guy for all of these situations, but I, I don't want to look too much into that right now, especially after the, the end of the season that ianacho had. He was amazing. Um, I just think it's good. It's good to to increase your depth up there. Vardy, you know, the wheels are starting to come off a little bit. He he's still great, but he's he's losing uh, he's losing that pace, and more importantly, he's losing um, he's losing the stamina and endurance that he once had. So uh, that's a great move, the the Pat move. Uh, he came in today, I think that was announced. And then yep. uh, Sumari, that's another great move. Um, Leicester have a really really good uh, track record with picking these guys out. Uh, these French midfielders. Uh, last last good French midfielder they picked out is probably the best best defensive midfielder in the world now. So. Um yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that he can be really good. Uh Leo Mate has always great products too. So uh we'll see.
1: Yeah, and uh Doc is scoring record right now in the Bundesliga. He played four seasons, he scored fifty four goals and eighty two appearances and he averaged a goal every eighty nine minutes. So he's averaging a goal game.
0: That's awesome. So
1: that's that's definitely something Lester needs, especially in the latter stages of the league. Um or in the season I should say, because the past two they've been flopping. Uh, they could have been in the Champions League both years, but they had to settle with the Europa League. So we'll see if this year's any different. Um, some some major guys leaving slash retiring. Wes Morgan retiring. Longtime captain. Was captain of the club when they won the league in, in 2016. And also another player during that time, Christian Fuchs. Uh, he's leaving. He let go on a free. So um, some old guys leaving. They're bringing in young guys. Both of those guys we talked about being 22 years old. So a big injection of youth. Uh, Moving on, Liverpool haven't really done much. Marquis signing though in a Konate central defender. Um, they lose Quebec, who was only on loan. They get a guy who can partner long term with Van Dyke. Dijk. Van Dyke's kind of like a new signing this year too, if you think yeah. about it, because he missed he missed eighty 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 to eighty five percent of last season. So you get him and Konate. Um, you get Trent back who got a lot of rest, especially not playing in the Euros. So that's great to see for him. Uh Robertson short short uh time in the Euros, he's back. Uh and then you get Allison, so they they have potentially top two back five in the league.
0: Yeah. Pro that's probably true. Uh we'll see how all that pans out. Who knows, honestly. Um you know what Van Dijk's gonna look like on his way back. I yeah. have a weird feeling about it, um to be honest with you. But that Conate signing, I mean, that, that's that's so big for them. Um, if Liverpool can show up their defense again this season, I don't think they'll have any problem contending for the title again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They would have preferred uh Upa Makano, but Bayern God obviously swoop, swooped though. him. Yeah, they got him for around fifty million, but so much. We know Bayern's good at, at uh making business deals, so I mean, they were the ones that got Lewandowski on a free who I still don't understand how they did that, but,
0: um,
1: and we did mention before why not, leaving on a free to PSG. Uh, there was the drama thinking he was going to Barcelona to play with, uh, under Ronald Koeman, but I don't even think that would have worked out, especially now with their financial issues. We'll touch on that at the end probably, but, um, yeah, Liverpool looking strong, definitely going to make more signings before the end of the window. Oh, and also one more thing, uh, we have to take into consideration this year, the, African Cup of Nations will be going on. So True. for a couple for a couple weeks, we're going to see players missing out in the Prem. And obviously, Liverpool being the biggest one with uh, two of their three forwards being African in uh, Salah and Mane. So uh, we'll see if Jota can pick up the slack. I know you're a huge fan of him. I am. Uh, they get guys like Minamino back on lo- from loan. He was out with Southampton, didn't do much. But um, we'll be seeing what their squad depth is during that time. Um, talking about squad depth, Man City, haven't really done much activity yet. Obviously, the rumors about Harry Kane, we'll see next week when the Euros are over, if those grow into anything concrete. Um, we obviously said they lost Harrison. Um, he was never going to play for this team. Uh, Aguero, Eric Garcia leaving, young center back. That's a big loss for them for some depth in, in, the, in the squad. Um, and they don't really get anybody huge back on loan. Yeah. So um, I mean it's it's a tough question, kind of like how I asked you with the Arsenal thing. Where do you improve this squad you that's don't. already phenomenal?
0: Well, unless somebody fucking dies or breaks their leg, you can't. You literally can't fix it. Like, there's nothing to fix. They're right. They're so good. I mean, you can try and improve depth, like maybe keeping Jack Harrison in. I don't. Like, I don't. I actually don't know. I, I don't know what you could do. Um, De Bruyne, that like that could be a serious issue um he he's, did I think just, he's
1: 31 this year so
0: yeah but he did just play on a he, he's pushing himself a little hard i think at 31 um he just played on that fucked up left uh left ankle he had, he had like a fucked up tendon so yeah. that could be a problem but they missed him for a while this you know this last year and and what the fuck did it matter like it it didn't
1: yeah they were on a tear yeah with, uh to one stepped up, right? I think if anything, the midfield maybe it could be a spot for them. Sure, uh, they did re sign Fernandinho on another one year deal, so they're gonna definitely make a move next season for a midfielder. Um, they kind of have Rodri preparing to take over that role, he's done well. Uh, didn't get the minutes that we thought he was gonna get for Spain in the Euros, um, kind of playing behind Busquets there, but obviously, um, that makes sense for the namesake. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there were there were rumors that Bernardo Silva was going to leave um, because he's kind of playing behind. Uh, he's he, he's playing in the midfield deeper back where um, he might not prefer uh, personally. He he's usually at that right wing slot uh, that Mares and Foden are kind of taking over now, making their own. Uh, those guys having big years, um, either there or a striker. I think a striker is definitely something they need. Um, They only have Jesus now with Aguero gone. Um, Obviously, they can play a false nine and put De Bruyne or Sterling in there. But I think for certain games, they needed a prolific striker, somebody as a target man, to give them a different look in the team. So I think that's somewhere they could definitely invest. Um, And I think that's where Harry Kane kind of fills in. And I think City's really the only place he could go.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's... They're the only team that like have the money for him. He can't go anywhere else. I, I agree.
1: I think I think Chelsea could get him, but I don't think that's something we need either. Because if Wait, we're going the if we're going the route of Werner and Havertz, then why would we spend even more money like that on Kane? Cause yeah,
0: well, why would you want to spend that money on fucking Holland either? Though, like I I don't understand that by from Chelsea. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like the the Havertz and and Werner experiments over after, you know, one weird COVID season, like really,
1: good.
0: So I, it just doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, heading over to the other Manchester club, uh, they haven't. Well, there there are terms agreed with Jadon Sancho apparently. Yeah. Um, it's looking likely that's going to happen. So. Do you, do you think that's the right signing for them? Is that the one spot that they've needed to fill out, that right mid? Because they've kind of filled in random people. In there. They've had Greenwood. Um, they've kind of pushed uh, other players out there filling in for a time. But do you think Jayden Sancho is the right call?
0: I think Jayden Sancho is one of the most overrated and overvalued players in the world. I don't have anything against him personally, but I think his price tag is fucking obscene because he's English. And yeah, I agree. There's there's no like he's not bad, like don't get me wrong. But right. he's not worth the amount of money that that United are going to have to pay, pay for him. And they 100 been, mil. Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. That's obscene. He's not worth 100 mil. There's no way. There's no I've not seen enough out of him that makes me think he's worth 100 mil. I I like if he's worth 100 mil, then politics worth worth 190 mil. Because, yeah. like, it, it doesn't make... I haven't seen anything out of him at Dortmund, and, like, don't get it twisted. I've watched a, a lot of his games. He's just all right. Like, he's no better than, than... Let's compare him to another winger. Grealish is twice as good as him. And I know he's young, but he's just not that good. I, I don't think that really, like... It might fill in a gap for, for United. Like, it, it certainly will, but... Wouldn't you just try and develop Greenwood more? Like I thought, Greenwood was okay this season. Why not leave him in there?
1: Yeah, I mean, Jane Sanchez is only two years older than Greenwood, so yeah. And yeah, like you said, I think Sanchez is a little overrated. And I think it definitely shows because he's not—he's not been given the time in the in the Euros. Right. I think he's made—I think he's made one, one or two appearances, and I don't think he started. So
0: Saka's starting over him
1: yeah Saka's show and his worth and he's not even valued close to that right. so um we'll definitely see what what they do in the time but uh like I said earlier they're letting goalies go they signed Tom Heaton on a free from Villa so they're kind of filling out those English requirements there for the team um but yeah I think Sancho coming in would be all right for them I don't think that's where they I think they definitely need a midfielder uh especially because Pogba I mean every year every window he's going to be rumored to leave um, regardless of how concrete it is but I think they definitely need somebody in there because uh, I think this is Matic's last year. Definitely, he's on his last legs, yeah. and I don't, I don't think McTominay and Fred bring that same quality to the team like Angola does for France to give Pogba uh, the freedom to do what he did this summer. So, if they can get somebody in there to do that job and let Pogba get forward more, and especially if you have a guy like Bruno Fernandes to support you, um, the sky's the limit for them this year. So. I can definitely see them challenging for the title if they get the right person in there, but yeah. if not, I think it's going to be another runaway.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably a fair assessment.
1: Uh, moving on, Newcastle. They haven't done any business but bringing in people, but uh, they've let a few guys go on on freeze. Uh, Christian Atsu, he's gone. Uh, Henry Civet, he's gone. And uh, Andy Carroll leaving his sixth Premier League club probably. Yep. Um do you think anybody's gonna pick him up?
0: Um Andy Carroll.
1: Do you think one of the promoted teams, do you think Brentford would take yeah, a chance like, on
0: him? I was gonna say maybe maybe Brentford uh or, or Norwich, like I don't know. I, I just don't see him I, I don't see him being a huge pickup he's for not anybody. A like he's not even gonna start, but he is like the English Ebra. Like he'll give you something off the bench. Yeah, he um, kind
1: of he kind of reminds me of Bentner a little bit in a way. Yeah, a
0: little bit like Bentner.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of newly promoted teams, we got Norwich, who have been probably one of the most active. Uh, that we talked about them bringing in Billy Gilmore, big signing for them there. Um, they bring in a goalkeeper in Gunn from Southampton, uh, center back in Ben Gibson from Burnley, and then uh, their biggest signing so far is a right winger in. Rasika, I think that is pronounced. They get him from the Bundesliga. Vender Bremen, he's a solid player there. Yeah, Ra- so, Rasika,
0: uh, he's fucking fast as shit.
1: Yeah, so he, they, they bring him in to replace Buendia. Uh, we'll see if it holds up there, if he can put up the same numbers. The Premier League's a totally different animal to the championship, but um, we'll see if he can co- even come close. But uh, Norwich is definitely going to make more signings before the window's over. Uh, they need it because if they go back down again after 1 year, um they're going to have some serious problems financially.
0: Yeah, that's true. They're going to be their economy is going to be broken.
1: Yeah, it's tough because if they go all out and spend like 100 mil on players and they still go down, then yeah. they have to deal with the repercussions of having to pay all those people and having to make up that money now that they're not getting the TV money. Yeah, true. So it it's tough, it's tough financially. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh moving on, Southampton. Another team pretty quiet. Uh they did sign Theo Wolcott uh permanently now on a free from Everton. Yeah. Uh I don't Walcott's alright. You can get some good minutes out of him sometimes. He's definitely good for five goals. Um they also get uh the only signing they made so far is Roman Peroud. I'm saying that wrong, probably too. Uh how do you pronounce you took that French. How do, would you pronounce that? Uh, Peroud.
0: where am I looking?
1: Southampton.
0: Uh, per- it would top. be Perot. yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah, they get him, he's a left back, left wing back, so uh, that fills in for Ryan Bertrand there, who apparently they're letting go on free. He'll definitely be swo- swooped up by somebody, Um, but another guy, very young, 23, we'll see what he does from the French League. Um, Now we got Tottenham here. Tottenham, I know you'd agree with this, they're in shambles right now, they just... Indeed. They struggled to get a manager. They got Nuno uh, Esperona from Wolves, yeah. um, who I thought did all right with what what circumstances he had this year. Um, but obviously, business is business. Um, he kind of gets an upgrade, even though he got fired. He goes to Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a fully established team. Uh, won't have to worry about relegation issues, potentially. But um, they haven't made any business yet so far. Do you think that has to do with the state they're in, they're playing in the conference championship or league, whatever you want to call it, the third tier champions league. Um, do you think they're struggling to sign players because they're not playing at anything?
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely, that's definitely part of it. Um, there's just, there's not really anything special about Tottenham. Um, you know how they kind of like are, they're chokers. They always choke. Um, even when they get themselves in a position to succeed, they choke. So, I just don't see why you would want to go there. Um, you have so many guys that are out now. Uh, Vinicius is going back to Benfica and bail back to Madrid. So those guys provided some really good performances in those like, uh, non, non-prem games. Uh, you know, uh, so, so I think losing them is, is kind of big and I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be a brutal one for Spurs. I think this season, <laughs>
1: Yeah, Nuno's definitely going to have to pull his Portuguese strings if he's going to want to get any reasonable signings. So, yeah. Um they do get Ryan Sessegnon back um from uh Hoffenheim. He was out there. He's a young English left back, kind of can play left wing. Uh-huh. Uh he's valued at 20 mil, so that's good to know, but yeah, the bail leaving is huge for them and also uh, Carlos Vinicius, that backup striker to Kane. So, they're definitely going to be in the market for a striker. Uh, Either way, if Kane leaves or stays, so that's definitely something to look out for. Uh, The final team promoted, Watford. Um, Haven't made any huge signings yet. They signed uh, Imran Loza. I don't know if he's French and Albini or Moroccan here. Got him from Knott's, a central midfielder there. Um, Other than that, no big signings. Uh, Danny Rose, they got him on a free from Tottenham, so he goes from Tottenham to Newcastle. Now he goes back to Tottenham and leaves again. So his time is done with Tottenham. Finally, I think he's he was there for like ten years,
0: yeah, wasn't he? Yep, mm mm-hmm. was. So he's
1: finally he's finally done in London. Um, he goes to Watford now. Um, only signings they've let go. They let Craig Dawson go on um to West Ham. He had a good final six months there. Really solidified a spot there in West Ham. Do you think? Watford has the best chances to stay up out of the three newly promoted teams. Yeah. What squad they have.
0: Yeah, I actually do. I think they have some some really solid um some really solid players and and th- some of these are good movements actually. Um getting getting Luza from from Nantes. that's a big one. Uh Emmanuel Denise from Bruges, he's been he was really good last season. Uh he's True. he's been at Bruges for a long time, so I think that's a good move. And then shoring up your defense with with veterans like Danny Rose, um, which we talked about. You know that that's a really good, uh, really good move. It's it's between them, I think, and Norwich. Um, but I think I would probably give Watford the edge. Um, they have been up in recent years, so so I'm gonna go with them uh, probably to stay up when we do our preview. But time will tell.
1: Yeah, I'm looking here now. But there's potential rumors that Maitland-Niles might be loaned out to Watford. He might need to get another season on loan, but. Um... That would definitely be a decent move for him, kind of like how the West Brom thing was. Uh, he got a lot of minutes, uh, got some big goals, uh, in key moments. Uh, also, another guy like Joe Willock, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, but um, last two teams here, we got West Ham. Uh, like I said, Craig Dawson, they bring in. Uh, they get a guy like Felipe Anderson, who you forgets on that team. They got him back on loan from Porto. Um, the only signing or the only player they've let go of is Fabian Buena. Uh, Uh, center back, um, I think, what is that? He's Paraguay. Uh, He goes to Russia. So, uh, Do you think this is a big year for West Ham here? Uh, They're in the Europa League. Um, Do you think this is a a year where they have to splash the cash if they want to maintain uh, their position in the table from the previous season?
0: So I actually think that they have a massive drop-off, funnily enough. Um, I just don't think that... I think last season was a bit of a lightning in the bottle type deal, right? Um, they got Lingard, uh, just kind of out of nowhere, and he played like prime Ronaldinho. Um, I don't think that that happens again this season. I just don't think Lingard is that good, um, yeah. and and I think that was such a huge part of that. Of course, they do have Suchek, they do have Declan Rice. You do have you know a solid back line and. A little bit of other talent going forward. I just don't know if they're like a top eight team. I think uh, them and Villa will probably finish in a similar spot. Um, but but you know these are these are decent moves. Yeah. Hello, hello. Um, hello. It looks like Matt and I are having some uh, some connection issues. Uh, recording should still be going on. Uh, messaging him. Oh, my God. Technical difficulty. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what's going on, but uh, I'm still here. Matt? I believe Matt has lost uh, internet connection. So I'm going to go quickly on to Wolverhampton and then close this out because we're getting a little bit long here anyway. Uh, Wolf uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Hello,
1: Matt? Oh, I thought you cut out. Oh, bro, Sorry. that was
0: you. He's back, yeah, ladies I... and gentlemen. I was about to close the episode.
1: Sorry. <laughs> I right. was like, I-, I thought you cut out, and I was like, oh, I think Evan's mic's messed up, and then I looked in the bottom left, and the shit was all red, so I was like, fuck. <laughs>
0: yeah, all right. So uh, I just I just moved us on to Wolves. Um, there's not really much to talk about here with Wolves. Uh, they don't lose a ton, um William Jose is back to Sociedad on loan it looks like. Uh that eat Nori guy is going out on loan to Angers. Um so wait. Yeah, those guys are getting sent back out. Um they brought in Trincao from Barcelona. That is probably their biggest move. Uh now on that right side of the pitch they have Samedo and Trincao. So, or Trincao actually. I don't know. It's it's Portuguese. Um, but but yeah, those are those are two of their biggest moves. Uh, Rafa Mir coming in from Huesca, who beat Madrid one time this season. Um, oh, yeah. So so that could be an interesting one. I'm not super sure on um how Mir played last season. Um, but he is relatively young at 24 years of age, and uh, he has played in England before uh in the lower tier uh for Nottingham Forest. So this could be an interesting move. Uh we'll have to see he is a center forward so that could be interesting to see. They they definitely need uh they need a little bit of an injection of of pace and youth in there. So
1: yeah, and they do have a new manager now I think is I'm looking here Bruno Lage uh formerly of Benfica. So uh he's going to come with a whole different mentality maybe because Nuno was the 3-4-3. Uh, with the wingbacks and we'll see if if uh, what tactics Bruno is going to do there Um, but it'll be interesting to see I think like you said Trincao's a big signing for them Uh, this could be a time for him to step up on the main stage because uh, playing in the Premier League is the biggest exposure you're going to get as a player Um, and I think it can really help with his time at Barcelona because uh, Messi's not getting any younger and you're having other guys come in that are older Uh, Griezmann Aguero, these guys are all very old, and uh, the window's opening up for this next generation to step up into the the limelight for Barcelona. So uh, this could be a big season for him.
0: Yeah, I agree. Okay, Uh, I think that is the entire transfer recap. We'll probably have to do another one of these before the season starts because I'm sure there will be a ton more moves. Um, But as of right now, I believe that's it. Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about, Matt, or, or mention? We we are at an hour and five minutes, so we've certainly been, been going over.
1: Yeah, I think we can conclude it there. We could obviously talk about um, outside of the Premier League, but we can save that for another episode. Sure. Uh, maybe we'll touch on it next week uh, because uh, the Euros are going to be over. And, uh, well, the Gold Cup will start up. I think the Gold Cup opens up this Sunday. Or uh no, Monday, one of the two days. Yeah. Uh definitely next week the Gold Cup's gonna start so we can move on to that tournament uh, and what's going on there with the US because uh if the US can't make it to the final we've got a serious problem, but uh obviously they're gonna have a completely different team to what, what a team played in the uh other tournament. So uh we're gonna have to rely on MOS players, so that should be interesting. But who knows, you can find a gem here and there that can make be make it into that uh World Cup qualifying team, but um a lot of soccer is going on, and yeah, that's the best thing to see here. We don't want any periods without any soccer to watch, so I'm happy to see that.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, so I think that's it, guys. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you check us out uh, on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, anywhere really podcasts can be found. Um, I think that is it from me, and uh, we'll see you next week for another show.